0: Don't let your crisis pull you into a depression. Or don't give in to a feeling of hopelessness. Don't let despair have the victory that your faith is meant to have. Just know that God is with you. He has a plan for you. And he's promised to get you through
1: the storms of life. questions comments prayers bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them bobby at onthebrightside.org. now get ready for on the bright side with bobby when pastor jones picked up the phone special agent sanders
0: from the irs was on the line listen pastor the irs agent started i'm calling to inquire about a member of your congregation a dr Scheit. do you know him Yes, replied the pastor. Dr. Scheip has been a member here for many years. How can I help you? Well, on last year's tax return, Dr. Scheip claimed he made a sizable tax-deductible contribution to your church. Is that true? Well, how much did he say he gave, asked the pastor. $50,000, answered Agent Sanders. Is that true, pastor? There was a long pause on the phone. Finally, the pastor said... Agent Sanders, if you'll call back tomorrow, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> this week while I was getting prepared to, um, to give you a few words, I, I, uh, I couldn't work on what I wanted to because I felt the Lord impressed upon me to encourage Some of you. Perhaps many of you who are going through a storm right now. And whose life is in a crisis right now. And of course, I don't know what it is. But if there's anything I do know, it's that the Word of God is full of good wisdom of what to do and who to trust in a crisis. So just like when a golfer finds his game falling apart which I'm used to doing. He's taught to go back to the basic fundamentals of how to swing the golf club in order to get back on track. But we as Christians have to do the same thing. We just need to remember a few important things to make it through a crisis. And the first thing to remember in a crisis is to know that God is with you. Over and over in the Bible, it says that wherever we are, God is right there with us. We're not alone. And it may seem like it, but we never go through anything by ourselves. The Word says, never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you. And the second thing to remember in a crisis is that God has a specific purpose and a plan for your life. And the storm that you're going through is just a temporary setback toward fulfilling your purpose. When the Apostle Paul ended up a prisoner on a ship that encountered a terrible storm it waged on for weeks. Everyone on board had given up, but Paul. Well, how is it that Paul could remain so calm and confident that they would survive? Well, he could because God had told Paul that his mission was to go to Rome and he wasn't there yet. So God had a plan for him. You see, external forces may interrupt our life, but nothing can change God's plan for us, except our own acts of disobedience. The third thing that we hold on to in a crisis is God's promises. God keeps his promises without fail, and he promises to see us through our storms. Oh, your storm may cause some pain. I mean, in Paul's case, they had to throw everything overboard, and they even had to swim to safety. But as promised, they made it. You know, I read where eagles can sense a storm coming before it breaks. And that what they do is they go to a high place and they wait until the strong winds come. And then they fly right into the force of the wind and they let the storm winds lift them higher and higher until they are above the storm where the air is calm. And the word of the Lord acknowledges the attributes of the eagle in a, in a beautiful passage in Isaiah. It says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. So today, don't let your crisis pull you into a depression. Or don't give in to a feeling of hopelessness. Don't let despair have the victory that your faith is meant to have. Just know that God is with you. He has a plan for you. And he's promised to get you through the storms of life. And when Paul was in the very worst of the storm, it was dark and all seemed lost. They dropped the anchors And they just prayed for daylight and daylight came and daylight will come
1: to you in Jesus name. Did you know that God rewards his children for obedience up next when we serve others are generous and obedient blessings will follow on the bright side. We'll be right back. And now back to On the Bright Side as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. I want to talk
0: about giving from a a perspective that's rarely talked about. And that is to ponder this question. What expectations should we have concerning our giving? Well, I tend to believe... What Mr. Ruskin says right here He says the highest reward For a person's toil is not what they get for it But what they become by it I think we all believe that's true Whatever we throw ourselves into We believe makes us stronger Makes us wiser But the question still remains Is that still all we are to expect From our giving Let me share something with you from the word In the Gospels, the Lord says this. I tell you the truth. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or fields for me and the Gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. And with them persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Well, it so happens that the Lord said this to His disciples right after His encounter with the rich young ruler, who, if you recall, wanted to join up with Jesus, but when faced with the decision of giving up everything He had, He couldn't do it, and He walked away. But I'm fascinated by this passage because I believe it destroys any notion that people, some people would say or some teachings would have us believe that we are never to serve God with an eye toward reward. That all serving and giving is meant to be without any expectations. Well, let me tell you something. I think God knows us better than that. He knows that we're creatures who desire results from our actions in our life's work. And I believe that he tailor made our destinies with lots of promises and incentives attached. In this passage of scripture that I referred to, he tells us that the sacrifice of walking away from family and work to pursue the gospel will result in a hundredfold reward in this present age. He didn't say how it would come and in what area. Of life it would emerge But honestly with a promise like that Did it really make any difference The point is the Lord used Reward and incentive To motivate His disciples all the time He talks about it at least Nine times in the Sermon of the Mount alone So as we grow in our relationship with the Lord It's not A selfish act To have the expectations of his blessings and his rewards God wants us to he expects us to live in anticipation of the good things that he has plans for us the word says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you plans to give you hope in a future and we need to be clear that his rewards have nothing to do with God needing to bless us because of anything that we've done because listen to me, we can't work our way into a position to deserve anything from Him. It's very important not to forget this point. God is a debtor to no man. You can go on all the mission trips and teach all the Sunday school classes. You can. And it won't make a difference in the owing department. Because the ledger would always be so lopsided, it wouldn't be any point to it. God is a debtor to no one. But he is extravagant with his promises and his rewards, especially to those who serve him and are faithful and those he loves. And the word Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter. And the author talks about the great heroes of the faith here and he mentions many of them by name Noah, Abraham Moses and toward the end of the chapter he says this what more can I say I don't have time to tell you about all the other ones who through faith conquered kingdoms administered justice shut the mouths of lions quenched the fury of flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength and who became powerful in battle. You see, all those heroes of the faith, the ones who were challenged, the ones who were persecuted, the ones who went through so many trials, God prospered them. And He gave them many victories in their life while they lived here on earth and even doing that God made it clear to them that they didn't even come close to receiving their ultimate reward while living on earth you see when we give of ourselves when we serve others when we're obedient and generous with our giving we have every reason to believe that the blessings of God Will follow. We may not know when He's going to do it, where it's going to happen, or what area of our life it will arise. But God is true to His promises, and the blessings will come. The cost of being faithful may be great, but it will never outweigh the benefits of pursuing Christ first in our life. Serving God is an investment with unparalleled returns. And it's our Father's joy for us to humbly accept His extravagant extravagant rewards in this life and certainly in the one to come. So this morning, I want to encourage you to pursue Christ with all your heart and then live each day expecting something good to happen.
1: Most people aspire to be financially independent, but is that what God wants for us? Coming up next, discover how to avoid a financial crisis by being completely dependent on God. On the bright side, we'll be right back. I love the intense brightness and durability of Nebo Tools flashlights. Listen, my neighbor lost his keys, and I asked if he had checked under the seat of his car. He had, but I handed him my Nebo Tools second-generation Slide King flashlight, and I told him to look again. He found the keys. My neighbor was impressed. This flashlight is so bright, I want one of these, he says. So I ordered him Nebo Tools second generation Slide King flashlight. An amazing high power 500 lumen flashlight, chips on board work light, red light, and red hazard flasher. It's equipped with programmable
2: memory settings for each light mode
1: We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the bright side.
0: Okay, every time, it seems like every time I turn on the TV or read the news, I'm hearing about this thing called the fiscal cliff. Am I alone in this? How many know what I'm talking about? The fiscal cliff. Well, apparently, this term refers to the predicament that our country finds itself in right now. And the fiscal cliff means the impending disaster that will befall us all economically if our politicians don't come up with a solution to our problem. In other words, there has to be a change in our current behavior or we'll fall off the cliff. Well... I can only hope and pray that our elected officials can miraculously work together this month to resolve this situation. But what I really want to do this morning is use this brand new phrase, the fiscal cliff, to expose why so many of us struggle in our personal finances today. Because, you see, just like our country is headed toward a fiscal cliff because of so many years of government waste, overspending, and increased debt, many of us have been doing the same thing in our personal life. And the sobering truth about our country's financial condition is that we've been very poor stewards. And the epidemic has penetrated the American family. And just like our leaders know that they have run out of time and are facing this fiscal cliff, many of us are in the same predicament in our personal life. And it's time to recognize the problem, and it's time to fix it before it's too late. Here's a few ways to avoid the fiscal lift. The fiscal lift sounds expensive. Here's how to avoid the fiscal cliff in our own financial life. The first thing we have to do is give up this idea of financial independence. That's right. People always say they want to be financially independent. Isn't that right? Why is that? I can tell you that's the last thing that I want to do. I mean, I've tried to do it all by myself. And it, it's always a mess, whether I'm prosperous or not. If we want to avoid the financial fiscal cliff in our life, we have to be 100% financially dependent on God. We need to ask for wisdom and desire to be a good steward of what God has already given us. The word says through wisdom is a house built and by understanding it is established You see, you can't expect God to bless your poor stewardship decisions. But God will honor your sincere desire to let him lead your financial future. The next thing is really important. If we want to change our course toward financial ruin, we have to exercise our faith through our giving. Giving. And giving especially sacrificially is a tangible expression of our love and gratitude to the Lord. Giving sacrificially shows where your priorities really are. You see, God has no issue with us having things. He has an issue when the things have us. When we give unto the Lord, it's an act of worship. And God always responds to the praises of his people. And he never disappoints. And finally, when we become financially dependent on God and we seek the wisdom of good stewardship and exercise our faith through giving, then we live in expectation and receiving God's blessings in our life. It's the only way to live. When we come to terms with the fact that God's ways are not our ways, we can allow the one who sees all to orchestrate our daily dealings. What a relief to let God have the last word in all things about money that's when the financial stress melts away that's when we're too blessed to be stressed we have problems Christ is our answer we pray we wait we live each moment expecting him to reveal himself in new and creative ways are you facing the fiscal cliff in your life right now Are you tired of carrying it all by yourself? Tired of doing things the same way, getting the same result? God has a plan for you. And it involves you stepping out, trusting him and his word. And believe it or not, he cares about you and your financial well-being. Because he knows all about the struggle to make a living. And he wants to reveal himself to you in every area of your life, including your economic situation. I don't know what's going to happen with our country's economy. But if I have a choice between trusting Republicans and Democrats in Washington for my financial future or Jesus, I'm choosing Jesus. Jesus. I know the Lord has a plan for us that does not include falling off any cliffs. But it's meant for us to rise up and to reach up and experience His grace in ways we can't even
1: imagine.